It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by tpublic.com for the t-shirt lovers and the t-shirt designers who like to have fun, laugh, look good, feel comfortable, get good jobs, get sweaty dancing, and go home with someone who also does those things. And we love tpublic.com so much that we created our own store with all of our fun t-shirts and everything on tpublic, including the BGN Radio Store, right now is on sale. $14 for all of the t-shirts that we have on there. Just go to bgnradio.com, click on the store, and everything is there for you. Also, 15 to 25% off right now of all the accessories, mugs, stickers, phone cases, onesies, and a lot more. Just head to tpublic.com or, again, to bgnradio.com and click on the store. In some way, shape, or form, everyone is looking for power. Whether it's in government, whether it's getting your bar to last in that new shop that you paid for, whether it's getting that charity that you just started to collect enough funds to be worth a damn to run another year. You're always searching for power whether you like it or not. And it comes from different places. It can come from money. It can come from connections. And sometimes there's power in a name. And for people, the power of a name can mean a lot. There's people who fight and die over it, protecting what their last name means to them and their family, the respect for their name. People go to court for it. You drug my name through the mud. There's all of this constant strife over the power of a name. Companies spend billions of dollars to get that brand awareness out there, to get people to recognize a name. 
It's about recognition. It's about respect. It's about power. Lives are dedicated to it. People spend their whole life trying to build that brand, that power of a name in one way or another. And when that is destroyed, well, it's an unfortunate ending for some. But the funny thing about all of this is that while all of this time and energy and research and fighting and whatever it might be, lawyers to get that name recognition and respect that power of a name, Sometimes it happens by accident. It's a complete accident. No idea, didn't intend to do anything major, and what do you know? Bam, you're an overnight success. And there is no one in the NFL that emphasizes the power of a name better than someone you might not even recognize. Rod Smart. Better known as... He hate me. Hello and welcome to the show. I am Vince Quinn. And yes, on a pond further review, we're going to talk about the greatest nickname that has been seen in the NFL. And it's not just, it's not, it's a funny nickname, but the power and results that came from this nickname are something spectacular. And to tell the story of this name and this person behind the name is something that we absolutely have to do. And again, it's a Mr. Rod Smart. Now, Rod Smart is someone from Lakeland, Florida, and he's not a top prospect when he goes to college. His high school career, he played running back a little bit, he played cornerback, and he did track. And actually, it's funny because he had a name in high school, a nickname, The Rocket, based off of Rocket Ishmael, who was a receiver in the NFL at that time. So he's going by The Rocket. But it's not that elite speed that gets all of the coaches staying over your house like Jim Harbaugh does these days or just constantly mailing letters and making calls to the house. He's the kind of prospect that ends up at a 1AA school In Western Kentucky, he plays for the Hilltoppers, who, frankly, have maybe the second greatest mascot behind the Fanatic that I've ever seen. It's just a big, ugly red lump, and it's hilarious. But Rod Smart goes to Western Kentucky, and he's coached by an interesting name, Jack Harbaugh. Yes, the father of Jim Harbaugh and John Harbaugh, two of the better coaches that the NFL has seen in the modern era, their father is Rod Smart's coach. And by senior year, this middling prospect, this guy who's not heavily recruited, goes to a 1AA school, he matures into a solid player. So he had 1,249 rushing yards a senior year, And he does it on 188 carries. It's a 6.6-yard average, 10 touchdowns on the year. It results in him getting selected as an all-Ohio Valley Conference selection. So for a guy who's in 1AA, not bad. And he actually, in that senior season, he sets a couple of respectable marks. He is the fifth all-purpose yard season in school history, and the sixth for rushing yards in school history. Again, this is in 1AA. It's at a smaller school, not a college powerhouse in western Kentucky. And so 
He goes to the draft in 2000, and he's not sought after. He goes undrafted. But he does catch on with the team. And it's interesting just how the web of the NFL plays sometimes. He goes to the San Diego Chargers. This is, in 2000, a shamble of a team because they had the previous year the choice between Peyton Manning and Ryan Leaf and got stuck with Ryan Leaf. So Leaf is beginning to implode, and his backup quarterback is Jim Harbaugh. Yes, the son of Jack Harbaugh, who will be that good coach, is the backup quarterback on the San Diego Chargers when Rod Smart arrives on the team in 2000. But unfortunately for Smart, well, perhaps fortunately, he doesn't make the team. Because you look at this team, and man, in retrospect, you feel for the guy. The Chargers went 1-15. and He did not make a ultimately a 1-15 and team in 2000. That is brutal. And so he has to pick himself up off the mat, and he goes to Canada, which is something that a lot of teams or a lot of players are forced to do. And so he signs with the Edmonton Eskimos. It's a chance to play a slightly different game, but rehab the image. And there's plenty of players who have gone to Canada and come back or started their careers in Canada and and just had great successful careers in Canada. So he goes to make that run until he's cut. So now it's the year 2000. He's fresh out of college. He's never been a top prospect. He's not someone who has an elite physical talent in any particular way. He was a fine rusher, but not an exceptional rusher. He's not even the best rusher that this small division AA school has ever seen. So he's kind of just a guy. And he feels even worse than that because there's a quote from Smart where he says, when I got cut... I was thinking, man, I must really be sorry because the competition wasn't good up there. It's not like the NFL. And that's true. So he gets cut from a 1-15 and NFL team and then doesn't catch on with an Edmonton team. It would look like the end. But smart, like all of the great guys that have average careers. I did J.R. Reed. A couple of weeks ago. It's these great players that are on the fringe of rosters that aren't these elite talents that can build themselves up to be respectable players. He has the right mentality. And talking about this time after being cut twice, he says, I'm not a quitter, and I never thought about giving up. And lucky for him, he didn't. Because, you know, we've talked about name recognition. And... There's 7 billion people on the planet. 7 billion. And so sometimes things are going to get a little bit crazy and unpredictably weird. And in this case, at this time, in the year 2000, someone with a lot of name recognition enters the picture. And it's a very unexpected character in the world of football his name, and you recognize it, Vince McMahon. Yes, the commissioner of the WWF at that time, and now WWE, decides he wants to create a football league. 
And the league is a very wacky thing that I'll get into surely on another episode. But what's important here is when Vince McMahon tries to start the XFL because it's just as Rod Smart has been getting cut from these teams, but he is a young player, he is healthy, he has some level of NFL talent because he got invited to those camps. And Vince McMahon is running this league, and he's going to run it where the first game of the season, and think about how smart this is, this is a really good idea. He plays the first game of the XFL season just a few short days after the Super Bowl. It's the Saturday after the Super Bowl is when the very first game of this new, strange, intriguing league that has name recognition is starting up. And to add even more intrigue to it, Vince McMahon offers a rule that had never been done before in sports. And Rod Smart describes it. He says, they came to us before the first game and said we had the option of putting whatever we wanted on the back of our jerseys. We looked at each other and couldn't believe it. I really liked that, and you could express yourself, and you would get some colorful nicknames that popped up in the XFL, but the one that had the most recognition out of the entire league and is something that if you asked someone about the XFL today, they could probably tell you one thing for sure. That there was a man who played in the XFL with a jersey that read, He Hate Me. And that man was Rod Smart. And it's so interesting because Rod Smart happens to have a very peculiar name, but he also is in the very first game that this league is broadcasting just a few short days after the Super Bowl and so there's a lot of attention the announcers are even looking at him during the broadcast and saying is is that is that a name no oh it's a phrase oh oh it says he hate me it's a very peculiar thing so everyone watching this product is so blown away by the strangeness of it all, and one of the things that puts it over the top is this peculiar name from a guy who goes by, he hate me. And it turns out he's a pretty good player in the XFL. Second in the league in rushing. He's got 555 yards, three touchdowns, and he had an additional 27 catches for 245 yards. So he's a solid, fun, skill position player with a super peculiar nickname and as the season goes on the legend sort of builds around he hate me because when he goes to play the uh, Los Angeles Extreme which was one of the other few teams in the league two players on the extreme they changed their jersey names to one I hate he and the second I hate he too. Isn't that great? For such a strange wrestling environment that Vince McMahon was bringing to the XFL, you're really getting it here. And it's building around this guy who's becoming a cult hero of sorts in Rod Smart. He hate me. And they actually play the Los Angeles Extreme a second time, Rod Smart and the Las Vegas Outlaws. And those two players change their names to Still hate he, and still hate he too. I mean, how 
phenomenal is that? And so as this legend is building in this weird, quirky, strange league, people had to ask him, Rod, what is this all about? And he described the name. He said, basically, my brother's my opponent. After I win, he's gonna hate me. It is what it is. It's a saying I was saying when I'd feel something wasn't going my way. For example, when I was on a squad in Vegas and the coach was putting other guys in, I felt if I'm better than them, you know, hey, he hate me. See what I'm saying? Give me a chance. That's all I ask. It came from the heart, within, the way I felt. So, yeah, it's this feeling of, it's a duality to it. It's this, I'm going to be better than you, and you're going to hate me for that. And also, when I get looked over, I feel underappreciated, and I feel like you're doing it because you hate me. It can't be because of my skill. I love that. And it was something that was... It was really the most popular and lasting aspect of that entire league. And it's not even like he won the championship. The Las Vegas Outlaws that he played on, they went 4-6. and six. Now, the bitch of it is, you'd think about this situation and say, okay, well, they went 4-6, and six, but he's a big star in this league, and he was the second leading rusher, and it's only the first year. It's funded by Vince McMahon of WWE, which is such a giant machine. It's football, and it's at a time when the NFL isn't playing football. This could make a lot of sense. This could maybe be something, and it folds. So what a ride this is for Rod Smart. He goes from being a nobody prospect to being cut by an awful Chargers team to being cut by the Edmonton Eskimos to finding this instant, wacky, quirky stardom with a just really peculiar name on the back of his jersey. And now the league's gone. I mean, it's it's really unfortunate. You got to feel for this guy. But an interesting thing happens. In 2001, the Philadelphia Eagles, in the first round of the NFL draft, select Freddie Mitchell, wide receiver from UCLA. Now, Freddie's a head case. And ultimately, his career is not so good with the Philadelphia Eagles. But there's one thing of note. He's Rod Smart's cousin. So the first round pick gets brought in. And what do you know? The star of the XFL, a guy who couldn't catch on in the NFL or the CFL before, he gets the chance to audition after the XFL folds with the same team that his cousin plays for. And you wonder how that situation really played out behind the scenes because for Smart, he's just come off of an XFL season, which runs through the spring. And at that time, the NFL teams are all starting to say, okay, well, who can we add to our rosters? Who are these extra camp bodies and things that we can try out? And you would have to figure that Smart was on a couple lists at this point. He's, in his own way, a cult star. But he decides to sign with the team where his cousin plays. And so ultimately, Rod Smart is added to the practice squad without the he-hate-me on his back. Unfortunately, the NFL would not allow him that. But Smart joins the Eagles, and eventually he's promoted to the actual roster. He appears in six games. It's mainly special teams. He does have two rushes for six yards, but he's a back-of-the-line special teamer. And after that, 
he's released before the 2002 season. But he gets to be in a wonderful situation in the Carolina Panthers. Because the Panthers play smart, play him often, and respect the hell out of what he does. He plays in all 16 games for Carolina. He led the team with 24 special teams tackles. Was the second highest number of special team tackles in team history. So he's doing a pretty good job there. And that unit as a whole, they allowed the fewest yards per return in the NFL. So Smart, a guy who was lost just two years ago, is making a real impact on a solid Carolina Panthers organization. And it's a team that was primed for a very big run in 2003. And it starts in week one where you can see where Smart plays such a fun, integral role of this team's success. You see, in 2003, the Carolina Panthers opened their season against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And it's not a good start. They're down 17 to nothing. But in the second half, Rod Smart blocks a punt. It results in a safety, and it's in the fourth quarter. It's a huge play. On top of that, not only is Smart now the tackling ace that he was last season on special teams in 2002, where he had the, again, second highest special teams tackles for the franchise in history, but he shows a new skill. He's the return man now, and he has a 43-yard return, and that return leads to a touchdown drive. And so the Panthers end up winning that game. The next week, they're uh, playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they win 12-9. to Their special teams blocks two field goal attempts and an extra point try. Now, Smart, in his role on this great special teams unit, he had two tackles, and he downed a punt at the three-yard line. He played well. And the special teams coach speaks very highly of Rod Smart at that time. Scott O'Brien says, he's really developing. This game isn't for the faint of heart, and Rod will lay it on the line. You're either an 18-wheeler or a Volkswagen out there, Rod is an 18-wheeler most of the time. It's a great comparison, by the way, 18-wheeler or a Volkswagen. But Rod Smart is giving you real contributions in the return game on both sides of the ball, and that's a really nice, valuable, and rare thing to see. Think of all the great returners in the NFL. Your Dante Halls and your Devin Hesters, they're one side of the ball. But here you are, and you're getting these stops as well from Smart. And and it all starts from this weird, quirky name on a jersey. So this ride continues, and that special teams unit continues to boost Carolina in a very real way. Because at the end of the regular season, Carolina is 11-5. But they're really not that impressive. When you look at the raw numbers for them, they're 15th in the league in points scored, and they're 10th in points allowed. Jake DeLome throws something like 19 touchdowns and 16 interceptions. They're not a great, dominant offensive team. They're not the most elite defensive team in the league, but they're solid in those areas. They're not awful in those areas. They have some stars and Julius Peppers and you have Steve Smith and a little bit older Stephen Davis. 
but you have good special teams. It helps float them. And so with 11-5 and five record, Carolina goes into the playoffs, and at this point, the teammates have a lot of respect for Rod Smart. They actually, and it's funny how this works, he's known to the Carolina Panthers players, they refer to him all the time as he or hate. Those, those are his nicknames in the locker room. So it actually even gets to the point where Jake DeLome, the starting quarterback of the team, he loves the nickname so much of He Hate Me, and they talk about it obviously so much. It's such a part of who he is and what his reputation is around the league. Jake DeLome races thoroughbred horses, and he names one of them She Hate Me. It's great. And so this respect and this grittiness on this special teams unit that's one of the tops in the league, it's really their best unit, that helps propel this Carolina Panthers team all the way to the Super Bowl in 2003. They beat the Eagles in the NFC Championship game, unfortunately, but for for Rod Smart, this is a pretty good situation to be in. It's an amazing situation, frankly, to be in because just a few years ago, he could not find a job anywhere, and here he is as a kick returner and tackling specialist in the NFL with the Panthers in 2003, and he gets to go against the New England Patriots. And during media week, it's an interesting time because you have two weeks to meet with the press, and there's all sorts of interviews that go on, and what do you know? People want to talk to the guy who's known as he hate me. I'm not surprised. And his jersey is something that from multiple reports that I've read from the time, it's flying off the shelves. I mean, you have a starting quarterback who, you know, he was fine, but starting quarterback jerseys sell. Steve Smith is a great receiver beginning or early in a Hall of Fame career. Julius Peppers is very early into a Hall of Fame career. The jersey that's selling is Rod Smart's. As soon as it would hit the shelves, it was gone. And what people would do is, because the NFL, again, does not allow you to put fun names on the back, and hopefully someday they do, people would buy the jersey and then just duct tape or whatever, they would just put on the back of it, he hate me. So this jersey, this vibe, this energy, this attitude that he has, it all comes together in such a fun way with such a scrappy team, and and it's part of the identity of who they are. And so they get to play in the Super Bowl against the New England Patriots in 2003. And unfortunately, they give a last second, you know, nine seconds left in the game. Adam Vinatieri kicks a field goal. They go up 32-29 to over the Panthers. Smart does get the chance to return the ball in the very last play of that Super Bowl. And unfortunately, he's not able to go the distance. But he gets to play in a Super Bowl and think about where he's been and what he's gone through. That's a hell of an achievement for him. And so it's just such a a lucky and strange and unfortunate circumstance in a way that's brought him to this position. But he goes through that season and he stays with the Panthers for another two years. In 2004, he plays three games and then he's put on injured reserve. In 2005... He plays 12 games. He gets 615 kickoff return yards. It's over 21 yards a return. And he continues to contribute on the other side of special teams. He's got nine tackles, a fumble recovery. So he's being that same guy. But also, when you're a marginal talent, unfortunately, time catches up to you faster than the greats. And so at 29 years old, 
after being off the Carolina Panthers, uh, he signs with Oakland, he doesn't make the team, and that's the end of the career. But it's not, and I, I really need to emphasize this, it is by no means a sad thing when Rod Smart ends his career at 29 years old. Because think about what he's done. He played in 53 games. He returned at one point a 100-yard kickoff return touchdown. He had over 1,700 career kick return yards. He had 67 rushing, 16 receiving, 35 tackles. He had a blocked punt and a Super Bowl appearance. You got a little bit of versatility. You have longevity. You have a big play. And you have this scrappy underdog story from a guy who played in a league that after a year didn't even exist anymore. It's wild. This is such a satisfying, successful path from a guy who, as a football evaluator on the outside, doesn't offer you anything elite. The college college scouts said it. The pro scout said it. The Canadian pro scout said it. And here he is after a couple of years in the NFL with absolutely a successful career. I mean, it's such a shame because these guys who work so hard to get into the NFL, they're not those elite talents. We brush them off all the time, and I've done it too. You laugh about it. Oh, that guy got cut. (laughs) Yeah, saw that coming. We don't appreciate how hard it is to contribute and be on a team in the NFL. And Rod Smart, with the help of one of the greatest jerseys ever, was able to do all of those things in the NFL. And man, I have a ton of respect for him. And and Rod Smart, when he looks back on his career, he said, you have to have determination. I was never the best player on the team. And I was never handed anything. And he's right. But he gave us so much with three little words. He hate me. And so I am just so thrilled to be able to do this show. And I hope you've enjoyed it. This has been a pond for the review. I am Vince Quinn. And again, the power of name recognition. It's so strong, and for a guy with such a goofy name, it's such a wonderful and fun story, and it happened to be, in part, due to Freddie Mitchell and the Philadelphia Eagles. How cool is that? So if you enjoyed the show, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, whatever it is, please share the show. Give us a five-star rating. Really appreciate it. Put a lot of work into this, and we got a great, great episode coming up for you next week so stick around for that again you can follow me on twitter at it's vince quinn and i'll talk to you next week